0: Um, the greatest demonstration of love in all of history, Jesus on the cross for you and me. Think about it. He willingly took our place, shed his blood, and uh, paid the price for our sin. The greatest demonstration of power in all of history, early Sunday morning, Jesus didn't stay dead, but he literally, bodily, physically rose from the dead for you and me, okay? So, that's the greatest demonstration of love, the greatest demonstration of power in all of history. But uh, there's an Old Testament equivalent of those. I would call it maybe an Old Testament picture. Uh, Last week, we looked at uh, the Old Testament equivalent of the greatest demonstration of love. We'd call that the Passover, when The uh, children of Israel were asked, if you want to live, if you want to survive the death angel over the door frames of your houses, paint the blood of the spotless Lamb of God. Again, pointing to Jesus on the cross. Um, The greatest demonstration of power, uh, the picture there is what we're going to look at today and we'd call that the parting of the Red Sea. So we get that greatest demonstration of love and power, pictures, uh, and we're going to get that in two weeks. Uh, Last week we looked at the Passover, today we're going to look at the parting of the Red Sea. Um, Last week we saw a series of plagues intended uh, to get Pharaoh to let the people go. Remember that? You all were yelling that with me and I appreciate you. Uh, Moses and Jehovah God go head to head with Pharaoh and the magicians. Uh, There are 10 plagues. Uh, Nile River turns to blood. Uh, Frogs everywhere. Gnats as thick as hasty pudding. Flies by the billions. Livestock of the Egyptians all die. Festering boils. Painful pus on the Egyptians, massive hailstorm uh, destroys the crops, locust swarm, whatever's left is, is now devoured, darkness for three days. So thick, you can feel it. And still, Pharaoh's heart was hard. He would not set God's people free. So God's rescue plan, part 10, we saw that last week was the Lord said, okay, Um, We're going to take this up another notch. Uh, My children paint the door frames with the shed blood of a spotless lamb. The lamb must die. Why? Because sin is at core rebellion against holy righteous God. And the holy righteous God, there's a demand. There must be death. The death of this sinner is required. But God in his grace, God in his wisdom and mercy says there is a way out. A substitute could die in the place of the sinner. There must be payment made for sin, which is the sacrifice of the innocent spotless lamb. Put the blood of the lamb on the door frames, side frames of the house. Then the people inside will be spared judgment. Exodus 12 13, the plague of death will not touch you when I pass over the land of Egypt. Again, the Lord was looking for the blood. He's not looking at the people who are left inside. He's only looking for the blood of the lamb. Exodus 12:30, not a single house in Egypt that didn't lose a son or livestock. Even Pharaoh lost his firstborn son. Pharaoh's heart melts, you may remember, okay? He was broken, he says, leave, get out of here, Moses, leave now. Chapter 12, verse 37, that night, Moses led the people of Israel out of bondage and slavery into freedom. Today, we're going to continue on, okay? Moses and the children of Israel Instead of going through Philistine territory, which was the quickest way, uh, the Lord said, you know what, you guys aren't up to battle yet. You're newly freed slaves, chapter 13, verses uh, 17 to 22. So the Lord says, I'm going to lead you. By day, you're going to follow a cloud. At night, we're going to have a pillar of fire, and you're going to follow me, and I'll lead you where you should go. And he leads them to camp. Along the shore of the Red Sea. Today, we're going to see that even though the children of Israel had been set free from slavery to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, track with me, they're still going to suffer. Okay? They're free, they're set free, they're no longer in bondage, but they still are going to face terrifying situations. They're going to face painful, difficult, awful circumstances after they'd been set free reminder to us give me your eyes we believe in Jesus we've trusted in him we've trusted in his finished work on the cross and his resurrection from the dead it saves us from sin but it doesn't stop us from having to suffer and that's a huge thing for us to remember and you see that pictured here. Yep, they'd been set free, but they're still going to endure suffering. Some of us here today, you're wondering, you know, Jesus, you loved me enough to save me, then why are you allowing this painful situation to go on in my life? Why did you put me in this painful predicament? Jesus, don't you want me to be happy and healthy and comfortable? You ever wondered that? Jesus, Uh I I just assume you you pamper and spoil and protect me from trouble and and I've got this wonderful Jesus bubble around me. Today, we're going to realize God's ultimate goal is to reveal his glory through us. That's his goal, okay? Rarely is God's glory displayed in comfortable, happy, convenient situations. Almost never, Is his glory revealed when everything's just hunky-dory? Instead, God's glory gets revealed through us, literally, when we're stuck with the Red Sea and the Egyptian army coming down on us, that's when the Lord gets honor and glory and praise in our lives. Would, Would you stand with me, please, if you're able? We're going to read out loud together verses 5 to 10 of Exodus chapter 14. And uh, we're we're just going to declare God's word together. Are you ready? Here we go. When word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done? Letting all those Israelite slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so he chased after the people of Israel, who had left with fist raised in defiance. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all his horses and chariots, his charioteers and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel, as they were camped outside the shore near Pi-Hairah, yeah, across from Baal-Zephon, okay. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for... uh, Recording for us exactly what happened and what we need to be reminded of. So Lord, help us to study your word well together today. Help us to understand what you're doing and what's going on. And Lord, we're asking that uh, you'll help us to hear you as you prompt and whisper and nudge us and point out things in our lives that you want to do business with. I pray for my friends here right now and those watching online as well who are in the midst of painful, difficult predicaments. Lord, help us to understand what's going on. Give us strength and comfort and hope. Uh, Give us your insight and wisdom as we navigate whatever trouble we're facing. And like we do every Sunday, we invite your Holy Spirit, Lord, to come. You come take charge today in your church. Might your son Jesus be lifted high and honored and glorified today in church. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, you can be seated. Verse (laughs) 5, interesting. When word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done, letting all those Israelite slaves get away? They <laughs> asked. Pharaoh changed his mind. Uh, you never know what you got till it's gone. Okay, so they're starting to think post-plague. What are we going to do going forward? And they realize, who's going to sweep up all those dead gnats and flies from our city? uh, Who's going to replant the fields that the hail and the locusts have destroyed? Um, Who's going to clean out all the frogs from the streets? They're everywhere. Who's going to clean them up? Uh, Who's going to make bricks to rebuild our homes? Uh, Who's going to breed the livestock that have all died? Really, they were asking, who's going to do all the work going forward? What were we thinking? We let 600,000 amazing slaves go free. So Pharaoh says, you know what? It's not too late. I think I've changed my mind. Uh, They're not very far down the road. Back to the text, verse 6. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot. So Pharaoh's on this adventure called up his troops, he took all of them, took with him 600 of the best, and the rest of the chariots in Egypt, each with its own commander, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, so he chased after the people of Israel, who had left with fist, raised in defiance, see ya, the Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, this is the greatest army on earth at this time. All his horses, all of his chariots, all of his charioteers, all of his troops. And the Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near those towns that we're not going to try to pronounce again. Yes, there we go. Uh, Pharaoh sends the best he's got. Matter of fact, he sends all his forces. He's all in, all of his troops. We're going to recapture. We're going to bring back the slaves. We're going to bring back the children of Israel to be our slaves and our workers one more time. So you have this massive army, most powerful army on earth at this time rushing forward, and they are going to take the children of Israel one more time, okay? I don't care how awesome your God showed himself to be in the plagues, we don't care that you really messed with us and you wiped us out with the plagues. We're coming for you, Moses. We're coming for you, children of Israel. Now just pause. How do you think the children of Israel are going to respond? They've just seen God work in awesome ways. Ten times, again and again, they'd seen God work. So, how do you suppose they're going to respond? Look at me with me at verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and what do they do? And they panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, "Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt?" Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, Moses, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. They look up, 600,000 men and women and children. That was the children of Israel. They look up and they are panicked. They cry out to Moses, Moses. They're upset with Moses. You've led us out here. You've let us down. You lied to us, Moses. Uh, why did you bring us out here to die? Aren't there cemeteries in Egypt that we could just be buried there? Didn't we tell you this was a bad idea? No, they didn't. We told you, Moses, leave us alone. We're slaves. We'll always be slaves. Better to be a slave than a corpse. Um, I would say the children of Israel are freaked out. Don't you think, Henry? They're blaming God. They're blaming Moses. They're certain they're going to die. They're certain that many of them are going to die, and the rest are going to be dragged back and treated awfully in Egypt. They are helpless. They are defenseless. They feel like God's let them down. Uh, And and think about this. The the Red Sea has them hemmed in, in the front and behind, rushing down their backs, is this a massive army led by Pharaoh? It feels like God has really let them down. It feels like they're stuck in a really hard and painful place. It feels like they're in a hopeless predicament. Question Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you're hopeless? and helpless situation, have you ever felt like, Lord, what are you doing right now? Why are you allowing this? Why is this going on in my life? H- have you ever felt exactly like, like Moses and the children of Israel are feeling right now? Often, here's the key, give me your eyes, the Lord leads us to a place where we have nowhere else to turn to except to Him. Yeah, it's not comfortable, it's not Fun. It's inconvenient. It's painful. But these are the times and the places where God shows up. He really does. They're often the times that God reveals Himself the clearest and the best in our lives. Now, I know I talk about this too much, and some of you maybe are sick of it. But it's just always on my mind. Um, I think back to the last year when I was up and down for months at a time, okay? And uh, after about the second eye surgery coming into the third, I'm asking the Lord, hey, (laughs) excuse me, Lord, do you remember me? I'm Jeff, you know, I I think I've been doing it your way. Are you sure you got this one, Lord? Are are you sure you know what you're doing? (laughs) Remember me? And uh, it felt... Oftentimes, I hate to admit this, like I was abandoned and the Lord forgot about me and I was helpless, here's what the Lord tells the people in response to their panic. Here's what I think the Lord was whispering to me and it took me a while before I started actually hearing it. Here's what I think the Lord is whispering to you today as well. Look at verses 13 and 14. Here's what the Lord says. But Moses, through Moses, said to the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today, okay? The Egyptians you will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. So let's just pause and break verses 13 and 14 down. There's there's a rescue plan here, and here's God's plan. Four-part Moses The Lord has told Moses, here's the plan, here we go. First of all, don't be afraid. Second, stand still and watch. Third, the Lord himself is going to fight for you. Fourth, stay calm. Now, as I think about that, just naturally, we usually do just the opposite of that four-part plan. Usually, I'm filled with fear and anxiety, I'm afraid, I'm going to do something. He says, just stand still and watch. Do something, do anything, run, yell, cry. Uh, the Lord Himself's going to fight for you? No, I'm going to question you, Lord. Why have you allowed? I'm, I'm going to be really upset with you. I'm going to freak out and be filled with panic. That's usually how we respond. Okay. This four-step plan of Moses for the children of Israel is really good advice for us when we need rescuing. It's it's a process for dealing with difficult situations, okay? When you're facing a tough, painful time, this is a great plan. I like how Pastor Chuck Swindoll says it in his commentary. He says, it's a prescription for people in a predicament, (laughs) okay? So let's just break it down. Uh, First part of Moses' four-step plan is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Here's what Paul tells us, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, put it up here, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Basically, Paul is saying, we can worry or we can pray, okay? Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done in your life. And note, give me your eyes, it doesn't say He's going to remove the difficult situation. It doesn't say He's going to remove the painful predicament you're in. It says His peace will defend you. Think about it. God will send His peace to guard our hearts and our minds, That's what he's going to do. He's going to send his holy calmness to guard our hearts and our minds, which moves nicely into Moses' step number two. He says, just stand still. Don't be afraid. Now I just want you to stand still and watch the Lord rescue you. And again, last year I'm thinking, you know, Lord, I don't have time to stand still. I'm busy. There's things going on. I'm scheduled. I've got appointments. I've got sermons to preach. And I just kept telling. And he says, no, just pause and wait for me. Let's put up Psalm 27, 14, Caleb. One of my favorite verses. It says, wait patiently for the Lord. (laughs) Be brave. Be courageous. Don't lose heart. Oh, yeah. In case you didn't get that the first time, wait patiently for the Lord. Stop and quit moving until the Lord shows you his plan. Just be quiet. I do expect the Lord's going to show me his plan in due time. And when is due time? Uh, that's God's time. In his timing, okay? Step number three, prescription for people in a predicament. The Lord himself will fight for you. Now, sometimes we have to fight later in Exodus. As we keep moving in our series, uh, we're going to see sometimes the children of Israel are called to fight, but oftentimes he wants us to trust him and pause and watch him fight for us, and that's good. Just pause. The Lord's up to something. He's going to do the fighting, and here's what we must remember. The Lord has arranged all of this ahead of time he always does he always he wants to fight the children of israel's battles for them and he wants us to trust because he's fighting our battles as well okay but god doesn't help those who help themselves okay that's in the bible right god helps those who help themselves you know where that's from it's in the satanic bible that's in satan's bible yeah it's it's a good verse For those who want to say, no, I don't want to do it God's way. God helps the helpless. God helps the broken. God helps the desperate. And as long as we're helping ourselves and we're out doing God's part, why do we need the Lord if I'm all about doing it? I'm fighting and I'm warring. And the Lord said, okay, have at it, Jeff. (laughs) Fourth and final step, just stay calm. Just stay quiet. Remember, they're crying out. They're panicked. They're yelling at Moses. They're yelling at God. This might be the hardest thing for some of us to do. Just be quiet. Just stay calm. Shut your mouth. Sit down. Uh, It goes against our natures. It goes against our personalities. Stand still. Watch. Listen for the Lord to work. Here's the truth. The Lord is waiting for us to wait. The Lord is waiting for us to finally wait on Him to work. Hmm. Now, here's what's fun. We actually get to see the end of the story here. Okay? Now, God's rescue plan is about to be put into action. Um, and here we go. Verse uh, 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? (laughs) Tell the people to get moving. Now just pause for a second. In front of them is the Red Sea. Behind them, and and he says, "Just, Just get going, get going. And again, you've got Egyptian chariots and Pharaoh and the greatest army on earth coming down and in front of them. And he says, Get moving. And if I was Moses, I would say, Lord, I'm not a very good swimmer. (laughs) I don't swim so good. So you said get going? Um, I I don't see how that's possible. Uh, Slide down verses 19 and 20. Uh, Then the angel of God who'd been leading the people of Israel moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them the cloud settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps, and as darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night long. Now, think about that, okay? God was blocking, God was preventing the Egyptians from attacking and overwhelming. The children of Israel. Okay, the Lord prevented the Egyptian army from grabbing them, killing some of them, and dragging the rest of them back to Egypt. He he was up to something. Uh, We continue on verses 21 and 22. This is kind of cool. Um, Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord did what? Can you see Charlton Heston doing this right now? opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. And the wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with the walls on each side. Wow. Okay? I don't know about you, but when we, we get to glory, new heaven, new earth, I hope there's right now media for us. That We can pull down uh, videos, and I want to watch this one live, don't you? Or on video, I guess I should say. I want to see this one. Um, I'd like to see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace when Jesus shows up. I want to see Jesus telling Lazarus, come out. Um, But anyway, the Lord clears the way, the path, and 600,000 men plus women, and children, probably a million plus, couple million, walk through the Red Sea on dry ground. And several of the commentators make the point part of the miracle is not just the water, but the dry ground. It's not two feet of mud or muck that they're It's dry as they walk through. And now the gullible Egyptians, led by Pharaoh, they're pretty sure. They've seen this miracle, but they're going to march on and they're going to catch the former slaves right there in the middle of the sea. Verse 23, then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, charioteers, chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud and he threw their forces They're confused, okay? He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against us. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back, cover the Egyptians and their chariots and their charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept over them into the sea. The wa- then the waters returned, over, covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh, of all the Egyptians who had chased into the sea, not a single one. Not a single one survived. Not a single Israelite was hurt in this wild miracle. Not any single Egyptian was left with a pulse. The children of Israel waited and watched God work, and Jehovah God did it all. Okay, He solved their scary, painful predicament. The Lord loved them enough to save them from being slaves in Egypt, okay? And he allowed them to be in this predicament to show them, you know what, you can trust me. And he opens up the Red Sea and he drowns Pharaoh's army as they walked across on dry ground. Okay? Give me your eyes. Jesus loves us enough to save us when we trust in his son and what Jesus did for us on the cross shedding his blood for our sin problem, arising from the dead. He saves us. He makes us a part of his family. But listen close. God loves us enough also to allow difficult situations to come into our lives. That's love too. Painful predicaments come our way. And he wants to use those so that we can be still and watch God work. You understand? Be still and watch me work, and I'm going to do something awesome. And he's still waiting for us to be still and watch God go to battle on our behalf. If we want Jesus to get the honor and the glory, we have to stand still and watch the Lord fight for us. Once the children of Israel had seen what the Lord had done, what do you think they did next? Chapter 15, if you have your Bible, it tells us what they did. They they had a, they had a night of praise, which the teens are having tonight. Okay, a little Exodus 15 party. They break into song. Okay, and this song of deliverance was all about the Lord God, who had delivered them and saved them from their predicament. And if you read through Psalm uh, Exodus 15, um, there's not one mention of Moses it's all about Jehovah God working powerful 25 times they celebrate look what God did look look how awesome he is and they celebrate in a mighty way when i was a, a youth pastor we used to have a song okay and here's how it went I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider thrown into the sea. Anybody know this? I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider thrown into the sea. The Lord my God, my strength, my song, has now become my victory. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song, has now become my victory. That's what this song says. The Lord is God, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is God, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Are you happy, Lord? Mm -hmm. In closing, those of you who are in a painful predicament, don't be afraid. Pray. We can worry or we can pray. So every time you're feeling anxiety, let's pray. Stand still. Let's watch the Lord rescue us. Whatever we're facing. Says the Lord, he's going to fight for you. The Lord himself will step up and he's ready and willing to fight for us. Be calm. Be quiet. The Lord is going to work. It's still true today. I promise you. He's still allows these challenging circumstances the Lord allows painful predicaments why so we can learn to trust him more (laughs) even when it's not comfortable even when it's not convenient even when it's not happy the Lord allows these things so he gets glory through us let's watch the Lord fight our battles bow your heads Shut your eyes. We praise you, Lord, for offering us salvation through the finished work of your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross and his resurrection powerfully from the dead. And we just want to pause for a moment, Lord, and we thank you for even allowing trouble and difficulties and painful predicaments to come into our lives. Some of my friends, the truth is, right now are in the middle of a really difficult, challenging season. Would you help us to realize, Lord, how desperately we need you? Apart from you, Lord, we just acknowledge we can do nothing, nothing that matters, nothing that lasts, nothing that makes a difference. So I just want to close with a question. Anybody here in the middle of a painful predicament that you could use prayer for? Would you lift your hand up? I just want to pray for you as we close. Yep. Any others? Anybody in the balcony? Right in the middle. Yep. Anybody? If you're watching online, you can hit that prayer button and... uh, We have some folks that would love to pray with you online, even right now. Um, I'm going to pray, but I'd also encourage you, make your way over to the prayer corner. we got folks, um, they're here, their ministry is to pray with and for you, take you into the throne room with them. Lord, thank you for even the hard times that you do allow. Even after you saved us, you still constantly are in your perfect plan allowing just the right amount and the right kind of trouble and difficulty and challenge to enter our lives. So we even want to praise you for those. And Lord, would you help us to first of all not be afraid. Help us, Lord, instead to pray. When we're tempted, Lord, to uh, to get all wigged out. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to constantly pray and trust that your peace will guard us. Lord, would you help us to stand still? For me and many of us, Lord, that's a really hard thing to do, to just stand still and watch you work. So would you help us to do that? Watch you, Lord, start your rescue plan in us? Lord, I ask that uh, you would help us to see you go to battle on our behalf. Thank you for still fighting for us. And while you're fighting, Lord, help us to stay calm and quiet and wait on you. Work powerfully. Lots of hands are up. These are uh, difficult days, and we acknowledge that. So, Lord, we need your help. And as we close, I never want to assume that everyone here in the building or listening online, I don't want to just assume you know Jesus personally. This could be the first time you're here, or maybe things have clicked and you're ready to say yes to Jesus. Here's what you need to know. Jesus wants to save you. He loves you so much. He left the splendor and glory of heaven for you. Isn't that awesome? He took on a human body, lived a sinless life. He alone qualifies to be our lamb without spot or blemish. He allowed his blood to be splashed on that cross for my sin problem and yours. He took our place in the grave, okay? He did. He he literally bodily died for us, but he didn't stay dead. Early Sunday morning. He arose victoriously, literally bodily, physically for you and for me. Those are the facts. Are you ready to say, Jesus, I believe those facts for me? Jesus, right now by faith I welcome you into my life. I open the door of my life and I receive you by faith. If you're watching online, you can hit that button that says, I want to start following Jesus. If you're here in person, again, make your way to the prayer corner or you can come see Pastor Chad or I after service. We want to help you get off to a great start in your journey with Jesus. Lord, draw people to yourselves. Open their hearts and their minds to their need of you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for recording these things, inspiring these words for us. Help us to live them out. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All these things. Amen.